In St. Louis, Missouri, Emo's Pizza is an institution. Good morning. Customers flock here for what Emo's calls the original St. Louis-style pizza. It's a thin crust, famous for its use of Provel cheese, a blend of cheddar Swiss and provolone. It's a smoky blend that's got a nice tangy flavor, and we love it because it has a low melting point. This is Emo spokesperson Mandy Manley. And so when it goes into the oven, it turns into this ooey, gooey, creamy, cheesy um, mixture that, oh my gosh, when you pull a piece off, you don't get the same stretch that you would with mozzarella, but the cheese stays on the slice, which is perfect for our square cut pizzas. The result is a much neater piece of pizza, something you could politely eat without leaving a trail of sauce and cheese on your shirt. The corner pieces are particularly coveted. And Emo's is fairly consistent, which is all customers are looking for sometimes. I'm not really a pizza snob. I'll eat whatever. Although I did order Domino's two days ago and it never showed up, so... <laughs> yeah, I like Emo's. <laughs> Emo's is actually known for popularizing pizza delivery in St. Louis way back in 1964. And certainly you won't find Prevel at Domino's. That unique cheese lives almost exclusively inside the city of St. Louis, one Provel lover told us that she likes it so much, she eats it on sandwiches and by itself. Growing up on it, it's always been a staple. It's always been good pizza. Actor John Hamm is a St. Louis native, and he says that to him, Emo's pizza tastes like the Gateway Arch and 11 World Series victories. But as many of us in the state of Missouri know, St. Louis-style pizza and its use of Provel is also a source of tension. At nearby Pie Pizzeria in St. Louis, servers used to wear shirts with the word Provel crossed out. There's even this running joke on Jimmy Kimmel Live that Jimmy, whose wife is from St. Louis, hates Emo's and Provel cheese. It gets him in a lot of hot water, especially with people like Olympian Simone Biles. Provel is the best. Provel is, yes, it is. the world's most disgusting cheese. No, it's not. I seriously, we could fight right now. Now, here's the thing that's. <laughs> From KCUR Studios in Kansas City and the Missouri Humanities Council, this is Hungry for Mo, a podcast about the stories behind the iconic foods that shape our region. I'm Jenny Vergara. And I'm Natasha Bailey. On today's episode, no, we're not going to fight. We're going to therapy, pizza therapy, as we talk about Missouri's own regional pizza, St. Louis style, how it was invented, what are its hallmarks, and why folks in St. Louis and beyond either love it, hate it, or worse yet, are ashamed of it. Is St. Louis-style pizza a pie we can and should be proud of in Missouri? If so, then why aren't we? So here we are back in studio for a new season of Hungry for Mo. Welcome back. Welcome back is right. So, you know, there was a lot, a lot of topics we could have covered, but one of the ones that kept bubbling to the top was St. Louis-style pizza. And so in order to set the stage, I thought it'd be important that I order some St. Louis-style pizza for us to try. Yes. So in front of you, we have two boxes of Emo's pizza. You've had Emo's before? I have. Okay. And a fan... Um, I'm on the fence. On the fence. It's the cheese. There it is. You've said it. <laughs> the cheese. The dreaded the cheese. The dreaded cheese. When I think of St. Louis style pizza, I think of Provel. You and everyone else. <laughs> okay. So what I have for you to try is a small, 
looks like meat lovers, probably has pepperoni and their famous bacon. Yum. So one of the things that Emos is most known for is their bacon, full slices of bacon that they actually cook and put on the pie and then cut into squares. So, oh, I see it. Do you see the bacon? Yes. So th- it's kind of their one of their kind of claim to fames, but I think this is a lot of toppings. It's a lot of toppings. What are you noticing mostly about this pizza? I'm noticing that the cheese is melted very well, mm-hmm. and the toppings are surprisingly really evenly distributed, and I love the grease. <laughs> pizza grease. Pizza grease is my favorite. All right, I have another pizza for you. Okay. This is more old school Emo's, more old school St. Louis style pizza. This is actually a half cheese, half anchovy, and green pepper. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How you feeling about anchovy? I'm feeling adventurous. Yes, yes. Put on your adventuresome cap. You know, actually, anchovies was one of the few ingredients you could actually get on a St. Louis-style pizza back in the day. So it smells good. So which one are you trying first? <laughs> I'm going to do the anchovy first, just to, just to just tear down that wall. Let's just go, <laughs> go ahead. I think we kind of have to. I think we kind of have to. Okay. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> that is a salty smack in the face. Very salty. Holy moly. I've moved on now to the meat lovers. Same. And so if I hold it up, it holds up just fine. It's great. Mm-hmm. And it's layered very nicely. The meat lovers I love. And you know what? The anchovy might be growing on me. It just takes time. I wouldn't order it, but it's not as bad as I thought it would be. So how are you feeling about Provel cheese on your pizza? Um... I think this is the perfect amount of Provel. Sometimes if I get a little bit more than this, it's a little too much. Mm -hmm. And why is it too much? In what way can you describe why it would be too much? I would say, oh, I don't want to offend anyone, but it's kind of like glue after a little while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, glue is maybe not the right word. It's the the blanket. It's the buttery blanket. blanket. Do you know what Provel is? Do you know what it's made of? No. <laughs> do, do you want to do you want to guess? Tell me. All right. So, Provel cheese is actually made of a combination of three real cheeses that exist in the world. It's okay. Swiss white cheddar and provolone. They are then blended together with milk, milk fat, and some emulsified salt. The emulsified salt is actually what allows it to melt into this kind of creamy, buttery texture that Provel cheese is really known for. Wow. It was literally invented, as far as I can tell, to be put on pizza. pizza. It was made for pizza. So from a customer standpoint, what they were trying to solve was the cheese pull that you get with mozzarella. Because early St. Louis pizzas all had mozzarella like most pizzas did. And I'm thinking to myself, I love a cheese pull moment. Love it. Right? Yes. I mean, that's kind of part of pizza. Yes. Okay, Jenny, I have a question. Mm-hmm. What is the difference between St. Louis-style pizza and thin crust pizza? Well, there's probably two that I could point to, maybe. 
in terms of the crust only. And that is St. Louis style pizza is really cracker thin crust. It is not leavened at all. It has no yeast in it. And so it's it eats like matzah. Have you ever had like matzah crackers or, yes. you know, very, very crispy. I mean, you get that kind of that crunch when you bite into it. The other thing that I would add is that most thin crust pizzas today, like if you were to buy a commercially available, um, you know, delivery thin crust from Pizza Hut, it's got a little bit of a crust to it. And St. Louis style pizza does not have a crust. Those ingredients go straight out to the edge. And if you're feeding a lot of people, it will go further than a regular pizza. Mm -hmm. And of course, Emos has standardized all of this now so that when people think of St. Louis style pizza... This is what they think this of. This is what they think of. For sure. And there's other restaurants that absolutely make St. Louis-style pizza. But there's also restaurants that are not fans of Provel, that are anti, almost anti-Provel. Do we dare say that? We saw this when I interviewed um, Kenji Lopez-Alt. I am the author of The Food Lab and The Walk and uh, a New York Times writer and um, a pizza enthusiast. Really and truly, he identifies as a pizza enthusiast who is a protector of Provel. Okay. Right? <laughs> pizza is one of these foods, but I, I call them culinary endpoints, which are basically like foods that I feel there's nothing you can do to a pizza that would improve it. Like you can tweak it. You can make it your own style. You can gussy it up with toppings. But that combination of like, you know, crispy bread, cheese and tomato sauce, there's nothing you could do to it to fundamentally change it that would make it better than it already is. But, you know, in talking to him about kind of this Provel cheese, he talked about this fact that he was taking a road trip and the road trip was specifically to stop in certain places and kind of eat, you know, regional cuisines, regional uh, points of interest along his journey so that he could educate himself on, you know, food across America. I sort of decided, all right, we'll plan a basic route, but we'll go out of our way to try different foods that people suggest. And he basically said, I'm headed to St. Louis. What should I have? And everybody said, oh, my gosh, you absolutely have to have St. Louis pizza. <laughs> and so it's, it's not, you know, it, it's this funny thing because people were like, before you go, we should set your expectations because this is not like any other pizza you've ever had. In St. Louis, there's this big like, are we embarrassed? Are we ashamed of St. Louis style pizza? Like he said, it was it was almost like this feeling of like not being super proud. Like you had to have it because, <laughs> but also maybe not super proud of it. So... You know, I was a little bit prepared for for what it was going to be. And, you know, I, I ate it and I actually really enjoyed it. What I actually really loved about St. Louis pizza is that more than any other pizza I've found, it's like almost exactly the same the second day. So like we, we bought a pizza there and a couple of them and then ate them for dinner, had some leftovers. Um, and then the next day in the car, when we would set off again, like we tasted it again and we're like, all right, this is colder, but it's still crunchy. For some reason, like the bacon on top was still crunchy. The cheese had the same texture. Kenji and I really got into like a, a kind of a deep wormhole on this. I think it's because that cheese, because of all the uh, stabilizers and emulsifying salts in it, it doesn't kind of congeal the way, you know, melted mozzarella recongeals after it cools down. Coming from being a little bit of a cheese snob, I like learning this because it makes me open up my ideas of what cheese can be and not be so stringent about my where it comes from or what it is. If you go into this thinking, you know, comparing it to other styles of pizza, New York style or Chicago style, I think that's where you can come away disappointed because there's really nothing like any other style of pizza um, because of that cheese and that unleavened crust. In fact, I, I sort of think of St. Louis style pizza almost as sort of pizza flavored nachos because they're crispy and they're kind of gooey and then, you know, they're often piled very high with toppings. 
So does that description des- describe for you? Well, actually, looking at my pieces, and I got the corner triangle piece, so that description is perfect for me. Fantastic. So this anchovy and green pepper pizza is an homage to a kind of famous St. Louis uh, radio announcer and also historian. I'm Ron Ells. Gosh, I, I've been involved with the history of St. Louis and writing and, and doing presentations for about 40 years now. Now, from the radio, most people know me as Johnny Rabbit. He's been a DJ for years and years and years. And I mean, he predates Provel in St. Louis, which was created in 1947. And so he's like kind of the perfect person really to ask because he loves pizza. And as we got to talking about kind of his order, like what he would actually order, it turns out that he loves anchovy pizza. Oddly enough, anchovy was really, really popular. Recently, I went to a place that I really like for pizza. The thinnest of the thin crust pizzas I've ever had anywhere. Uh, the owner came by when I was eating a pizza and he said, oh, old school guy, huh? Because I had anchovies. He said, not that many people order anchovies anymore, but it was a big deal at that time. Thank you, Ron, for the <laughs> nice anchovy and green pepper pizza. So Ron was a real character, like big personality and big voice, like big radio voice. And I wanted that voice in this mix here so that he could help us not only establish the timeline, but also help figure out where Provel sits. I mean, talking to him was like the history was just coming out of his fingertips. I love that. Our own personal pizza historian. Right. And he had a really, really hot take. He was the first person to say to me, no, Provel cheese isn't part of the St. Louis style. It's just a topping. It's thin pizza. That's the St. Louis style pizza. It's not the cheese. It's the pizza. It's the dough. And it has to be thin. Does that surprise you? It does. Me too. St. Louis pizza was kind of a pizza that was built by a lot of different Italians in St. Louis who had pizza places, and each one of them added like another layer to the St. Louis pie to get us to where we are today. So I want to just kind of like maybe take you through that timeline so you kind of understand a little bit about St. Louis style pizza and kind of where it came from. So in 1945, Amadeo Fiore was a gentleman, he and his wife Elizabeth, he was a, a tenor, a singer, And they came from Chicago to come to St. Louis specifically to sing. And they were, you know, wonderful opera singers. Both of them actually were. And in order to survive while they weren't performing, they decided to go ahead and open an Italian restaurant that was just serving kind of traditional Italian cuisine. So you might hear them singing in the restaurant, which is not uncommon for people in Italian restaurants. And it was located close to downtown. And it was away from the hill, which right now, you know, as of today, we know the hill to be kind of the mecca for Italian culture and cuisine in St. Louis. This wasn't close to there. This was closer to downtown. But in this Melrose apartment building, there was a basement space. And that's where he decided to open up his first restaurant. The first thing people will remember is hitting their head. If you were over about 5'8", you almost always had to end up hitting your head because it was in this really low ceiling basement with all kinds of pipes and things. But boy, that pizza was good. You had to kind of really be mindful of where you were and, and then you'd enter this really dark, you know, kind of romantic Italian kind of restaurant. And it just so happened that Amadeo was friends with a guy who worked at the Chase Hotel at the time, which was their big hotel in St. Louis. Hack Ulrich, everybody knew him as Hack, 
Pat kept getting asked by people, where can I get pizza? And he said, you can't get it in St. Louis. It doesn't exist here. So if you think about it, the first pizza arrives on the shores of New York in 1906. Wow. And, And long before that, you had Italians making it at home for their families. It was just considered a cheap and inexpensive way to feed your feed your whole family. Um, you know, something delicious that you could throw together. So there was a long gap before St. Louis actually even had oh anyone asking about pizza. And it, it came from people who lived in bigger cities who had had it there. People started coming in locally, but first it was the out-of-town people and start spreading the word about this brand new dish. And so Hack was saying, you know, you ought to, maybe you ought to consider adding pizza. I get a lot of people asking for it. And so at that point, an idea was formed. Amadeo and his entrepreneur brain was like, aha, I'm going to put pizza on the menu. So his restaurant very quickly became known as Melrose Pizzeria because basically pizza just ended up kind of taking over the menu there. And what's described as the first pizza in St. Louis, which is what Amadeo was known to do. I mean, he literally made the first pizza in St. Louis. It was defined as Neapolitan-style pizza. So not necessarily cracker-thin crust, certainly no Prevel. Yeah. So it was thin, but not quite cracker-thin like we know today. So I don't know that I would call that the first, quote-unquote, St. Louis-style pizza, but I would certainly call it the first pizza to arrive in St. Louis. This was the first time it was ever served in a restaurant, and what a hit it was. Amadeo Friuori stayed there for a few years, and he moved to another location a little bit north of there, and then again a little bit north of that. So he was around in St. Louis for a long time. And some of the later restaurateurs that made pizza got their start at his restaurant in that little bitty basement. And it was one of those things that everybody was like, all right, pizza. But Folks had to be educated on what it was. It was a bill as Neapolitan pizza pie. Even in his ads, he would said P-I-T-Z-A, pizza pie. Uh, because people didn't know what to call it. They got pizza, pizza, but nobody knew what it was. And, you know, it's funny, too, because probably on the hill in the Italian community in St. Louis, all those folks were making pizza at home and feeding their families pizza. So this was really for kind of everyone else in St. Louis to really understand what pizza was. When he started in 45, Provel was just a couple of years away from uh, being created, which, which was in 1947. So he went, he went along, was very successful, ended up opening up another location and decided to kind of close his Melrose location. It was his smallest. It was kind of, you know, he had moved on to kind of bigger and better locations, if you will. So he decided to sell that place. And it was 1948. He sold it to two brothers. It was Joe and Lou Parente. And they opened Parente's Pizza. Now, these are brothers. And the brothers actually had worked for Amadeo Fiore. So they were already kind of in the mix. They already knew the recipes. They already knew how he did what he did. And he did that generously and openly. He wanted them to, you know, survive and to, to you know, yes, have this place. So, I like that. Now, these brothers have a big personality. They fought like cats and dogs. So have you ever seen the movie The Big Night? Yeah. Okay. Do you remember the two brothers? Yes. Okay, that dynamic. Well, what are you going to do? Between the front of the house and the back of the house. What you want. This is what the customer asked for. Make it. Make the pasta. Make it. Make it. Make the pasta. Come on, so go. they kept going into business with each other, and then they kept kind of going out of business, and they couldn't quite decide if they were going to have places <laughs> together or not. Now, the Parenti name is synonymous with people who grew up in St. Louis in the 40s, 50s, even up into the 1970s. They had a whole bunch of pizza places. 
So Ron had this really old school menu that was from the one of the original pizza places that he still had. So this is a actual 1948 menu from Parenti's. Their slogan was where pizza is king. And so he was asking me what my pizza order would be. Pizza, small pizza, one dollar and ten cents, please. Ah, oh, to sit with Ron and eat. To think he ate at the Melrose. Okay, Jenny, when does Provel enter the picture here? So, Melrose Pizza, it had no Provel. Provel hadn't been invented yet. 1947, Provel's invented. And it's invented by Costa's Grocery Store, and it was on the hill in St. Louis, and it basically decided that it was going to look for a cheese that would be melty, that would have a really creamy texture on top of pizza. And at that point... Basically, they worked with another dairy facility called Hoffman in Wisconsin to create it. And that was really how Prevel kind of came to be. So if we have Melrose Pizza in 1945 and then Prevel invented in 1947, there is some rumors when these guys opened in 1948 as Parenti brothers in the Melrose space that there might have been Prevel. But most generally, it is attributed to, again, to two guys, Frank and Luca. Frank and Luca Meglio. Who basically opened up Luigi's. And it just so happened that um, one of the brothers had worked for the <clears throat> Parentes. So all of these guys are kind of stair-stepping off of each other. And Luigi's Pizza in St. Louis opened in 1953. And they famously were the ones to really utilize Provel as a pizza topping. There wasn't a big sign, we use Provel cheese. You didn't know what it was. They just had a different kind of cheese. But you could also get mozzarella there. Provel was just simply, according to Ron, a choice of toppings that you could get, like a choice of cheese. And then from there, we have another decade. And in 1964... It was Ed and Margie Emo who opened <laughs> Emo's Pizza, which is who we ate today, right? And their gimmick was, and this was a gimmick at the time, and it certainly worked, is delivery. So no pizza delivery in St. Louis before 1964. So they invented kind of to-go, carry-out, and delivery, when delivery was a big thing. So the they have a story, kind of a cute story on their website, actually, for Emo's that talks about the fact that They would get out of church late, and they would want to order pizza, and they didn't want to have to go and get pizza. They wanted it brought to their house because it was so late by the time they got out of church. Tired. They were tired. They wanted to feed their kids, and so that was really the the idea that they had when they decided to go into the pizza business was, you know, we need something that can be brought to you. It was like one of their brothers that actually did the delivery originally for Emo's Pizza. Well, you know what's happened to that pizza delivery? Who knows how many people do that today? They added a layer of convenience to being able to eat pizza. Right. So what it's really known for is party cut or tavern style. So the story is, is that Ed Emo was a tile layer and that that is where he got the idea supposedly for cutting pizza into round pizza into squares. He also made Provel a household name. Today, they have over 100 locations in Missouri, Illinois and Kansas. Emos, the original St. Louis-style pizza, the square beyond compare. The reason the world is starting to know about St. Louis-style pizza is because it is available to be shipped yes. anywhere in the world, right? Either through Emos, through Gold Belly, you can get an Emos pizza yeah. to your door. The uh, people I have uh, spoken of about in New York, Los Angeles, Houston, they were all in St. Louis at one time or another in business, working, or grew up here. 
So it is, to a great degree, I'm sure it has to be nostalgia or just a gimmick. People just hear about it. you got to try it. I would. Okay. The nostalgia gets me. Right? Have you heard of the pizza cognition theory, Natasha? I haven't. All right. So it is this theory that Kenji told me about. There's this thing that Sam Sifton from New York Times called the pizza cognition theory, which is that you know, for everybody, the first pizza that they eat in their life, for them, for the rest of their life, becomes the definition of pizza. Basically, the first pizza you have, it's the thing that you will love the rest of your life. And kind of all others will be compared to. It goes back to that nostalgia where you you want something because that is just what it is and it taps into a meaning for you. Um, And most people tend to like that first pizza they've had. But St. Louis was the only town I've seen where... There were equal parts people who seemed to love it and also people who kind of apologized before before I even tried it for the first time. Where does Ron fall? Um, okay, so for Ron, you know, he, the very first pizza style he had was at Melrose. It was at the very first 1945 pizza place. I mean, that's where he had his first, his first run-in with pizza. And back then, it was made with mozzarella and not Prevel. So he is not necessarily a fan of Prevel. It's uh, it's not horrible, but I, again, prefer mozzarella cheese. I like the stringiness. I like that it pulls and kind of uh, sticks to your teeth a little bit. It, it makes me feel like the way that they first explained pizza mm-hmm. is kind of how we should explain Provel. Because after learning what it is and the process, I have a better appreciation for it than I did before. And thinking it was just some random processed cheese, but it's actually three cheeses that create another cheese. So that's interesting you say that because Kenji had a very similar opinion uh, of Provel cheese. There is sort of this sort of, I think, European chauvinism about processed American food and the idea that, like, you know, America doesn't have its own food culture because we just imported culture from everywhere else. Can you imagine having a, a hamburger? Without a slice of American cheese, another processed cheese. And most cheeses are pasteurized. First of all, like all cheese by definition is processed, right? The analogy I use is that like, if you say that American cheese is not real cheese, well, then that's, it's kind of like saying like a sausage is not real meat, you know, because it's like a sausage. Well, it's made from meat and it has a couple other things added to it. And then you kind of knead it together. And so he believes that there is like kitschy, fun regional joy that we should take from each and every one of these little unique regional food things that we can find. In as much as it's awesome that these days it becomes easier and easier to get regional foods and regional specialties all across the country or even all across the world, I still think it's great to sort of celebrate the the new uniqueness of where you live because that's what makes it interesting to travel and what, what makes it interesting to meet other people, it's, especially with something like pizza. The fact that everybody knows what New York pizza is and not everybody knows what St. Louis style pizza is, I don't think that's a, um, you know, a ding against St. Louis style pizza. In fact, I think it makes it sort of more unique. The things that are unique are the things that make us different. Yes. Right? The things that should be celebrated, the things that we can't, we don't do everywhere around the world. I like the fact that it takes three cheeses that are very similar, but a little different, and they work together. They're able to find a way to make a balance to be exactly what they needed it to be, which is cheese making. It's always flexible. And today we can go and get that same blend and it still does what it was created to do. There's something beautiful in that. St. Louis pizza kind of evolved in the same way with each kind of group of restaurateurs adding their own kind of unique take 
to kind of lead us to this idea that there is something called St. Louis style pizza. That's still here today. That's still here today. Yeah, I really do like that. Hungry for Mo is a production of KCUR Studios with support from the Missouri Humanities Council. It's hosted by me, Jenny Vergara. And me, Natasha Bailey. This episode was written and produced by Mackenzie Martin with editing from Gabe Rosenberg and Suzanne Hogan. Sound design and mix by Mackenzie Martin and our intern, Zachary Rogers. Jean-Vievre Demarteau is the head of KCUR Studios. Music this episode from Blue Dot Sessions. And special thanks this episode to St. Louis Public Radio's Brian Munoz, who gathered sounds and interviews for us at Emo's Pizza at the top of the episode. If you head to kcur.org slash hungry, you can also see Brian's mouthwatering photos of St. Louis-style pizza. I'm Natasha Bailey. And I'm Jenny Vergara. Next week... It's all hand-harvested. People pick them up in yards and fields, pastures, wherever they're growing, and, uh, and they sell them. They find that that's a raw resource, a natural gift of God every year. Missouri has more black walnut trees than any other place in the world. We're going to dive deep and get to know our state's very special, yet perhaps misunderstood, nut. Don't miss it. Make sure you're subscribed to Hungry for Mo in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also shoot us an email at hungry at kcur.org. Or find us on Twitter. KCUR is at KCUR. And you can find me on Instagram at EatableKC, where you can see pictures of my lovely family and all the cheese I love to eat. And you can find me on Instagram at JJ Vergara, where I post all things food and drink, along with information about the Test Kitchen, an underground supper club I run in Kansas City. See you next week. And that word processed keeps getting used over and over again. I mean, even when you start, like I looked into the whole thirty diet once, and I was like, everything is processed. Everything. What are you eating? What are you eating? <laughs> Dandelions out of your garden. Like, whole thirty, happening? you are working. <laughs>